have until the count of five. I happen to love the number five. It's a beautiful number, a glorious number. You got to the count of five. Welcome to the Cartel 5 Wrestling Podcast. My name is Max Gunn and I'm joined by my co-host, Jesse Patrick Benz. Jesse Benz is a wrestling podcast, hello! Wow. <laughs> you started all quick. I did. I, was, I got uh, into it. I was listening to Eminem on the train and he was like rapping all quick and I think it just like rubbed off on me. Were you listening to Rap God by Eminem? That's his I, quick one. That was his quick one. Very good song. Yeah. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm alright, thank you. That was my impression of Eminem, and I, I loved think it, it was brilliant. I don't really need to ask you how you are, because I saw you four days ago. We, sp- we had fun together. We spent actual time in real life together. We hugged. Um, I stole a kiss. Um, yeah, it was... Um, how did uh, it end up like this? <laughs> it was a lovely time. We went to Slam Dunk Festival. Yes. Um, and we watched All or Nothing. To, not All or Nothing. Yeah, All or Nothing. Is that what Double it's called? Or Double or Nothing. Jesus. Um, together um, in person, or, which was lovely. Yes, uh, which has inspired this week's top five because Jericho was very upset that he got no thanks at all from anyone backstage. So we are going to thank Jericho personally by doing his top five matches of all time, according to us. Top five matches or just... Like matches that we enjoyed. Not they don't necessarily have to be technically as best or as highest rated, but if we liked it, it's gonna be in the list, baby. Ah, in the list, get it? Ah, list. What's your favourite Jericho? Like your favourite um character of Jericho. Iteration. Because I like that at Double or Nothing when he did all the different characters. Yeah, it was cool, wasn't it? it? It was very cool. It's tough to pick. I mean, list of Jericho Scarf Jericho is very entertaining. Yes. But um, Cool Jericho with with the light up jacket. Also, like it's too it's too hard to pick, my friend. I liked Suit Jericho. Suit Jericho. Oh, you mean asshole Jericho? Yeah, related to him. He was good. It. He was good at that. He was brilliant and calling like using really big words all the time and stuff that weren't really like he was using big words that didn't make any sense like yeah. in the sentence he was using them in, like Russell Brand does. But like American average wrestling fan is just going to accept that that's fact. Exactly, and it worked. It did. Um, it, it took me ages to recover from the weekend, by the way. I think I'm getting a bit uh, over the hill. It took me until, like, Wednesday. That's unfortunate. To be fair, I was pretty um, I was pretty tired on Monday. And then, um, although it was bank holiday, wasn't it? So we didn't work. That was good. Um, and, yeah, but the thing is, like, when I feel bad, I just keep drinking. Because it mm. makes me feel better that evening. But then ten times worse the next morning. And it's a vicious cycle. And I think I'll be dead soon. And Jesse just submitted he's an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> should we uh, should we crack on with a top five then? Because this is one of our short form episodes. Yes, short form episodes, which means that one of us gets three picks and one of us gets two picks. It's a beautiful day outside. I'm looking out. It is, window. isn't it? It's very nice and sunny. I can um, hear birds. I, I, dude, I was looking out my window into my um, gar- garden earlier. And um, it was full of thrush, not the STI. Like, <laughs> oh, God. How do you get rid of it? <laughs> but loads of, uh, yeah, loads of throstles, which is great because uh, my Throssles. football team's... That's another word for thrushes. I like a that. Less, a less sexy one. Um, and they're also um, the mascot of my favourite football team. So it's nice that my garden is full of them. And I was watching them all. And they're quite cute and little and dumpy. And they were just flying around. I think they've got a nest in one of my hedges. So um, we're going to put out a bird feeder and just watch them. Oh, you're living an adorable country bumpkin life. <laughs> it's fun. Anyway, uh, yeah, chicken's next, mate. Um, anyway, um, yes. You're a vegetarian. Um, what are you going to do with chickens? Eggs. 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 They get, hey, right, you know when people always say, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Yeah. Obviously, the egg came first, because dinosaurs, no? Um, what? Dinosaurs Is there reason behind that? Dinosaurs were born from eggs. And lizards and that, they all come out of eggs and they existed before chickens did. Yeah, but what planted eggs the eggs? came first. The, di- the other dinosaurs and lizards, they still do now. <laughs> so what you're saying is when that debate comes up, the dinosaur came first, that's your argument? Yes. Okay, cool. Just wanted to clarify. Shuts it down. Um, okay, um, yes, one of us gets three, one of us gets two, five in total. Obviously, person who gets three... Um, you'd think he'd be better off because um, he gets three choices, but really, um, just means that person's got to do more work. But nevertheless, it's still framed as the best thing. So I believe you've put together a quiz, Max, 
to make up for your pathetic attempt at a quiz last time. It wasn't. It was a great quiz. People wrote in. People hand-wrote letters to me. (laughs) People hand-wrote letters to me telling me how good that quiz was. No, they didn't. No one said that. There was postcards. It was... was Comical large mailbags delivered <laughs> by throstles. Throstles came in the window. <laughs> it was a good quiz. You're just too stupid to know the answers to the question. No, no, I did a good quiz. The one I did on our first um, short form episode <clears throat> that was a good quiz because the questions were challenging but not impossibly silly. You just went impossibly silly. There's um, a fine line, Max. I, That's I'm, why I'm I, a quiz I'm master sorry. and you're a cock. <laughs> <laughs> One of your questions was, who was the replacement member of Limp Biscuit when they performed at WrestleMania 19? Yeah, but no one knows you, that. Yeah, but I gave you helpful hints, didn't I? And then you got it, because I'm a nice guy and a good quiz man. God, we had a lovely weekend. We got on great. We come on here, <laughs> and we fight. It's because I can't see your face when we do this. So I've got, you know, like, keyboard warriors or whatever. Or like you can You're always... a big man behind the screen, aren't you? Yeah, exactly, because I'm just staring at my reflection in my black iPad. Just fighting yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I have done a good quiz, and it's a nice, easy quiz for you. You know, it's ages four to nine. So yeah, you, but don't, you... no, don't patronise me. There's a middle ground. Oh, no, this is... Uh... So this is all about questions relating to the city of Winnipeg. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> no, it's not. It's... <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a fair play if you'd done that. I would have, I would have just walked. I would have left. I would have walked. You would have walked. You'd done. You would have jumped ship. I so, uh, um, go join. Hey, uh, yeah, no, actually, let's not plug it. Carry on. I don't even know who you were going to plug then, but anyway. <laughs> um, so I did it because um, he's from Winnipeg, you idiot. So it's called I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot quiz. And it's all about famous Canadian wrestlers. Who names a quiz? I name a quiz. Nikki named a quiz on the first episode. What did she name it? Uh, I'm really... a loser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she did. So, dramatic music underneath me, please. Ooh. So there's going to be five questions in total. Jesse has to get four out of five correct. If he loses, I get to pick three of the matches. If Jesse wins, he gets to pick three of the matches. Jesse Patrick Benz, or uh, as you're commonly known, Jesse Bumhole. Are you ready? Oh, dear. Uh, yes, born ready. So it starts off born easy ready. and then gets a little bit more difficult. So we'll uh, we'll ease you in first of all. Question number one. What Remember, is this is about bumholes to easy. Canadian wrestlers. What was the first title Chris Benoit won in the WWE? Chris Benoit? Chris Benoit. That's not a Jericho question. No, the, the Canadian wrestlers. The, the quiz is about Canadian wrestlers. Oh, I was Have kidding. you just been researching all afternoon, Jericho? <laughs> I know everything. I'm, his dad's a hockey player. <laughs> <I've been> studying <laughs> he was away. born in New York. Um, he did um, Dancing with the Stars. Um... <laughs> So, uh, the first title Chris Benoit won in the WWE was, WWF at the time, was uh, the Intercontinental title. You are correct, sir. And for a bonus point, he won it in a triple threat with Chris Jericho and Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 2000. Nerd alert! (laughs) I just just push my glasses up my nose. (laughs) Hi, guys. (laughs) Question one, successful. You have to get three more correct. Easy. Who was Edge's first wife related to in the WWE? Edge's first wife was the sister of Val Venus. You are correct, sir. Bonus point. What does Val Venus do now? Oh, um, Val Venus is a fireman. No, he's a weed dispensary. Man. Uh, that was a complete guess, but it would have been amazing if I got it right. <laughs> a weed dispenser? Yeah, he's all like into the legalize it, man. Just just oh. do it. Oh, and there's a great video of him doing like conspiracy theories around the post office. Um, oh yeah, I remember that. He didn't he like get in trouble. <laughs> oh yeah. People weren't happy with that. He's got a bit crazy, I think. I wonder how um I wonder how Val felt, how what Val's and Edge relationship was like after Edge fucked Lita. Well no, didn't they? Didn't he, like, get or with someone Edge, in between? Did Edge have a different wife by that point? I think he had a different wife by that point. Okay, you should know. You're the Edge Mark. I, I don't want to think about him with women, Jesse. <laughs> well, he's with me! He should be with me! <clears throat> Question number three. When Trish Stratus debuted, she managed a team. What was that stable tag team name? The stable 
was um, called um, TNA featuring Test and Albert. Tits and ass. Tits and ass. And then uh, it's funny because obviously TNA, the wrestling company, became a thing and it got very confusing. It did. Well then, Jesse, you only have to get one more question right and you get the free pick. Is this, is this, is this easy enough for you? This is an appropriate quiz. Good. Okay. Didn't want to make it too difficult. You're gonna you, this. You'll gear it up to like a ridiculous question, don't you? No, no, no. I think you'll get this one, no problem. So I, I feel like you're gonna take the free this no week. Pressure. No pressure. Kenny Omega, Winnipeg Zone. Yes. Was the first and only non-Japanese pro wrestler to win the G1 Climax. Who did he defeat? Who? Sorry. Who did he defeat? <laughs> who did he defeat in the 2016 finals? Kenny Omega. Um, no. no. No, I know. No, I'm thinking. I'm d- obviously, it wasn't Kenny Omega. Um, I, um, God, it wasn't even that long ago. Um, I want to say NATO, but now I'm sort of um, I'm doubting myself. Thinking was that the sort of final of the A or B, whatever side he was in, before he went to the final. Is that your final answer? I don't, um... <sighs> yeah, fuck it. NATO. Incorrect. Oh, fuck it. It was, wasn't it? That was the last match before the That was the, the final. last match before he defeated... No, I remember it being a really fucking good match. Oh, it was a great match. He defeated Hiroki Goto. Goto! <laughs> Life's joke. <laughs> Goto. He's like the victim of wrestling. He just... Nothing ever works out for that man. Oh, so it comes down to the final question, and I've got to admit, this is quite a tricky one. Okay. Okay, so you've got three correct, you need to get this one right to get the three. Are you ready? Yes. Great. Chris Jericho... Yeah, I know him. ...has held the WWF slash WWE tag titles five times. Okay. I need you to name three of his partners. Three? Yep. Why, Why only three? Because um, I felt a bit mean making you do all five. Okay. Um, Chris Benoit. Correct. Christian. Correct. And Chris Jericho, tag team. Other people. Uh, Big Show! Ah, Jerry Show secures the victory. Yeah, it does. Congratulations, Jesse. You are the winner of this week's quiz, even though you were the only one playing. The other two people for like knowledge was uh, The Rock and Edge. Oh, I have no memory of him tagging with either of them. Oh no, I remember because Edge got injured and that's what started Jera's show, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah, because I remember he brought out Big Show as his surprise partner. And it was like, oh, that's the most anticlimactic shit in the world. But Jera's show ended up being an amazing tag team. They ended up being gold, baby. They did. I have no recollection of him being tag team champions with The Rock. It was a, it, it was a time... During their good feuding period. Okay. Okay. Can't tell you an exact year. I'm going to say like 2001. Yeah, in fact, now that you mention it, I've got a funny feeling it might have been the WCW tag titles, but in WE, like during the invasion, if you know what Uh, I mean. I think, I might not not be right on that, but that's sort of, my um, brain is telling me these things. Mm -hmm. So, Chris Jericho, now AEW, has um, bestowed his knowledge... On the world, and we wanna we wanna give appreciation for that wonderful man. So we wanna look at the five best matches. Jesse, please start us off with, in your opinion, number five. Okay, and just to be clear, these aren't necessarily for me anyway. What I've chosen aren't like technically the most amazing matches or anything like that. They're just things that have stood out to me in my time watching Jericho. So number that's, five. That's basically please don't fight me. Internet yeah, because. People. Well, because number five, this number five, like, isn't particularly. In fact, they've both discussed this match, saying that they were they think it could have gone better, and they're actually a bit disappointed in it. But I think it was great, and it's the opening match of ECW One Night Stand two thousand and five, Chris Jericho versus Lance Storm. Mm. Do you remember this? I do remember this. Yeah, really solid opener. I thought it was cool to see Lance Storm back and get a warm reception because he'd been gone for a few years at this point, um, and. It was just a really solid match between two best mates, and it's particularly the finish. Like, well, they're both like technically brilliant, and then the finish we get um, 
God, who the fuck was out there? Um, I think it was Dawn Marie. Um, sort of, they dropped toehold Triple H. Uh, Triple H. They dropped toehold Chris Jericho into the ropes, and he gets a kendo stick to the face. And Lance Storm effectively turns heel with the last move of the match to um, roll up Jericho for the win. Yes. And it's it's like just a really nice sort of. It, I thought it was a lovely homage to ECW when they would just do things like that for no reason all the time. And it didn't make any sense from a storyline point of view. Lance Storm wasn't really around after that, so nothing came of it or anything. It was just fun. And I just quite liked that as a solid opener. And the whole feeling of seeing that ECW show and how authentic it felt, that first one-night stand. It was just a really solid opener, and Jericho and Lance Storm did an amazing job. And also, he came out as Lionheart, which was pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that was cool. I liked the, the little jacket and stuff. It was a nice little throwback, and as you say, Lance Storm never got enough credit for for how good he was in the ring and um, stone cold it I, it's stone cold's fault isn't it because he did the whole um, you're so boring you put everyone to sleep thing and that just when completely he, buried landstorm when he used to come out with like a pillow and sleep yeah. in the corner <laughs> like it was funny but it didn't do anything for landstorm's career no definitely not but uh He's doing very well for himself. He's got a school now, and he's got a school. You know. He's good pals with Jericho. He um, supplied like so. He's like one of the you can tell, can't you? He's one of those guys that like autistically keeps everything, like every mm-hmm. sort of souvenir and memento uh, from his life. He's got, which is fucking brilliant. When Jericho's writing all these books, because he just goes to Lance Storm and says, like, "Do you have this photo? Do you have this? Do you have that?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." But it all, like, it's all like perfectly filed. <laughs> all this stuff. Yeah, so he's like nice. this sort. Of, he's like a free researcher that Jericho's got. Ah, I love it. I absolutely love it. Excellent choice. Um, it. I'll, I'll be honest. It's a match that didn't even cross my mind because I completely forgot about it. Yeah, and again, I was just sort of thinking. I was trying to put my mind in places where I was think. I was trying to think when has not necessarily because it's Jericho, just moments with Jericho that stick out in my wrestling fandom. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you, you're right with the um, Lionheart. That was just kind of a nice extra touch. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, My, or the number four, I should say, is from Raw 2001, Jericho and Benoit versus Austin and Triple H for the tag team titles. Excellent choice with Triple H's um, quads. Well, this is the thing. Unfortunately, that moment kind of overshadows how great this match really is um, with, with that injury. And, you know, I'm not saying that's a bad thing against Triple H because not only did the bastard finish the match, he did it with a torn quad and then took the walls of Jericho. Yes. Which I just can't even comprehend. No. He's a tough bastard. He's um, a tough bastard. There's a lot of things you can call Triple H, and tough bastard is one of them. I call him daddy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so these, uh, the four of them put on an absolutely stellar match that night. It was unbelievable. And the thing I love, matches always stand out for me uh, with the audience as well, because you can have an absolute killer match, but if the audience is dead, it, it knocks it down quite a bit but the crowd were unbelievable they were so passionate and so supercharged throughout the whole match um and it had everything a classic tag team match has and it was just it felt really kind of novel and it was really exhilarating to kind of watch it and jr was really getting into it and his voice was going all hoarse and the momentum just kept going back and forth between the two and it was just, yeah, absolutely ridiculous how good a match this was. Um, and also, it was it, it signified the end of the power trip, which is what Triple H and, and Austin were called. And I loved that whole storyline with those two kind of working together, getting all of the titles. It was just brilliant. It was good. Um, although, I enjoyed it when I was younger, but looking back now, they could have done so much more with that. It's like um, you mean the whole feud or that that well match? WrestleMania seventeen end of WrestleMania seventeen we argue about this all the time right Stone Cold turns heel he shouldn't have done mm. um, the one thing that could have sort of saved it is that um, Triple H comes back from or Triple H comes out on the Raw afterwards and it seems like he's going to confront Austin and it's like oh cool uh, so. This could be a Triple H face turn, Triple H Stone Cold program with Triple H as the face could be really interesting. And then, nope, they fuck it up again and uh, Triple H stayed heel and they become a team. And it's just misstep after misstep, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I guess that's fair. But I don't know, I just I just really enjoyed their kind of chemistry together. I think yeah. it, just, it worked, and especially when they won the tag team titles. And then this match was kind of a 
um, shock. Like, obviously, no idea whether they were were meant to lose the titles that night or Triple H knew how bad his injury was and they were like, you know, let's get the titles off of us. But Call an audible. Call an audible, baby. But, uh, yeah, it was just a really great match and um, it's just the back and forth and how into the crowd are. So, it, it, I would say it's one of the best tag team matches that WE have ever put on. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's fantastic. And again, because of obvious reasons, it's sort of lost to the annals of time, which is a shame. Um, I feel you like talk- a, a couple of the matches I want to talk about will be <laughs> are lost yes, to the annals yeah, of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, you talking about uh, JR and his hoarse voice. Uh, this is something I noticed at AEW. Because as he gets older, his Bell's palsy obviously is not improving. But um, it's really mad because he's still got the voice. He's, he's still got a really like his trademark voice and his passionate voice but his face just doesn't like I know it never moved much but it's basically paralysed at this point every time the camera was on him at AEW and it's just bizarre seeing this sort of voice from your childhood that's got so much emotion in it come out of a face of nothing and it, abyss it, it, yeah it's true it's like it, it's, it's amazing really how his, his voice can still carry and he's still got good sound to it and speaking of good sound it, it, if you're struggling to find affordable speakers or, or good microphones that you can <laughs> use for productions then you can look no further than monkey banana who uh we use ourselves and they're absolutely fantastic microphones and products that we use and just a really nice company ethos. If, if I was going to have any microphone in the world, I'd have a monkey banana microphone. So make sure you go to monkeybanana.de to pick up your monkey banana microphone. That was a Jericho style podcast plug. That was well done. That was very good. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't resist. <laughs> uh, we've lost. We've lost all of our listeners. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it was me screaming at the start. <laughs> monkey banana. Um, Yes, um, so yeah, JR and his sort of deadpan face, it's just its just strange, it's not his fault, it's really admirable that he's still... still yeah, I thought he did out. a great job at AEW, I, I thought I he did it. a brilliant job. My favourite bit was just before the Cody Goldust match, when he was like, I, I don't know where we are, but I think it, I think we have to talk about something serious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and no one helped him, no <laughs> one helped him. No, the guy, um, Excalibur, you can't tell what Excalibur was doing because he's got a mask on, but I can't remember the name of the other guy. I didn't like him. I hope they don't use him again. Um, well, I think and- they're the um, the PWG guys, aren't they? Oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. Um, it, I, I don't know. It was a weird one. But uh, yeah, JR did a great job. And I also like Excalibur after the Cody Dustin match, just wiping the tears under his mask. It's like, dude, we wouldn't have known. <coughs> Excuse me, I sneezed. Um, what that? It was a sneeze. That's a perfectly natural sounding sneeze. It's not. It's not it was, exorcism um, on you. <laughs> I have been masturbating with a crucifix today, actually. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to ask where or how. Just carry on. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Excalibur crying after that match was funny. And like you say, yeah, no one would have known if he hadn't wiped his eyes. But um, I can imagine, like, imagine those tears just like being stuck in your eyeball because they can't go anywhere because you're wearing a mask. I can't see, man. Beautiful <laughs> I feel for Excalibur. No, no, I do too. I do too. Match of the year. Calling it now. Whatever. Carry on. Match of the year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, um, so far it absolutely is. Oh, still got plenty of AEW to come. Yeah, man. So so easily turned, just like everyone else. <laughs> I the I swear thing... allegiance and loyalty to AEW and no one else. Yeah, I'm watching um, Firefly Funhouse every week. I YouTube that after Raw every week. That's literally the only bit of WWE wrestling I'm currently watching in my life. I, I think that's... wrestling. It's a children's TV show. <laughs> <laughs> it's all I know about the product at the moment. It's just yeah, Bray it's Wyatt. Cool. He limboed. He did limbo. It was brilliant. It was really good. Um, who's your favourite character in Firefly Funhouse? Um, I like Abby the Witch a lot. I like Abby the Witch. I like um, I like the Vulture, Mercy the Vulture. That's true. And the bunnies, they're all good, like solid characters. They are all good. Although I was a bit annoyed that they wussed that. So um, Mercy the Vulture killed the rabbit. Yeah. But then the rabbit was back the following week, like with the bandage on. And he was just injured. And it's like, no, they should have. He should never have been seen again. They should have just killed him. That character should be dead now. Do you know what I mean? And that would have been more powerful, I think. I'm so excited to see where they go with this. It's, yeah, it seems to be a sort of... Uh, we were saying, weren't we? Like a Finn Balor demon sort of thing, maybe. That he can sort of come out as this character um, at times of need. But then, what's he going to do? He can't wrestle as like a children's entertainer for, for the other times. 
So I, I, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with him. I, I think Bray Wyatt can do anything at this point. Well, yeah, the man, that's true. The man's gold. Have you have you seen his Twitter? No, not like regularly. Since he started doing all this children's stuff, he's tweet, tweeting the most amazing stuff and replying to other wrestlers, just sort of saying, like um, referencing past feuds and sort of apologising to people for being horrible to them, or saying he forgives Randy Orton for burning down his house and things like that. It's good. <laughs> strong Twitter game, strong Twitter game. I like oh. it. Um, number three from you, please. Number three from me is, um, obviously three is quite high for this, but as I've only got a one left after this, I'm going with um, Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 19. Ooh, that hurts me in the soul. Why? I would have put that like number one. Yeah, I, uh, it's not It's not number one. It's not that good. I would have, if, this, if we had a full top five each, this would have been my number two, I reckon. Okay. And um, it's... It's great. It's uh, Shawn Michaels' first Mania back after his uh, four years off with back injury. Broken back, more than an injury, really. That's putting it lightly. Um, it's obviously all about Shawn. Another cool thing about this match that people never think about is Shawn never played arenas this size because WWE didn't do arenas that size um, when he was around before. So it's got that added layer of like, wow, you know, Shawn Michaels finally getting to play this. And it's all about Shawn. He's back. It's a celebration of Shawn. But Jericho plays the heel in this match absolutely perfectly and just does an amazing job. Um, his facial expressions when the um, gl- glitter cannons won't go off are brilliant. <laughs> he, uh, the walls of Jericho on the outside, teasing the count out and things like that. Um, the fact that the match is finished, spoiler alert if anyone hasn't seen it, the match is finished with a, a roll-up and not a sort of solid finishing move or anything like that. Just all these little bits of psychology just... Was a set, it was a celebration of Sean being back, showed that Sean was still fucking amazing, but also made Jericho look awesome as well. And with the post-match low blow helped as well. Like, yeah, kept, it, Jer- kept Jericho looking like a real threat and a real evil evil heel in the business, whilst Sean Michaels still looked absolutely incredible as well. Oh, God, yeah. It was like investment from, from the get-go. It was, it was no weapons, no gimmicks. It was just, like, wrestling. And the whole teacher versus student, you know, idol versus idolizer. Oh, that pre-package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, pre-package of the match. And they were showing, like, clips of Sean wrestling and then early clips of Jericho um, in WCW and stuff, just, like, replicating the exact same moves. It was put together so well. Yeah, and the match itself is, as you say, it was just kind of, like, counter after counter. And it was it was a really quick-paced match, and, and the audience were just invested in it throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, when he started working on the back and the, the count-out, I remember, like, standing up. You know I'm invested when I'm standing up watching wrestling. Oh, and it was just, uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic. And it, it just shows how good both of them are for, like, the showmanship, the theatrics, athletic- athleticism, and just the overall brutality of what they could do together was was really, really good. Like, I, I know their ladder match gets a lot more attention, but for me, this is, like, one of my... Like, even outside of Jericho and Shawn Michaels, this is one of my favourite matches. This is one of my go-to drunk matches. Ooh, good one. Like, I get home after the pub or whatever, and I'm like, well, I see wrestling. And, <laughs> and I sit, like and a $2 I sit hooker. Pop it in. <laughs> and um, so I, sit, I sit down, and I either put this on, or I put on um, Benoit versus Kurt Angle from Royal Rumble 2003. They're like my two matches that I can... Roll, roll around for me. Roll. Uh, yeah. Roll. Hi. <laughs> Hook it in. Hook it in. <laughs> kick, kick him in the dick. Kick it. Ro- ro- God, roll up. I love a schoolboy. <laughs> oh, you always have to take it to that level, don't you? Every time. But, it's a legitimate pin. It is a legitimate pin, yes. For, for like people to be like, what? Anyway, um, <laughs> after the match, as you say, it's like Jericho is all like upset and... Sean goes for like the hug, and you're like, ah, oh, this is a really touching, nice WrestleMania moment. Jericho's like appreciative of the match because it could have quite easily just been the show of respect, next night on Raw, straight back to being heel kind of deal. And yeah, it yeah. would have been like that underlying respect. But no, it was the kick to the dick and the middle finger, and Sean selling that dick kick. Yeah. Like he just yeah, been was shot in the stomach. It was like, yeah, it was like his soul left his body. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. 
You know the uh, one of the Super Smash Brothers adverts uh, when um, everyone thought Luigi had died because you see uh, his ghost come out of his body. Have you seen yes. that one? Yeah. Uh, that's what I imagine. That's what it looked like when Shawn Michaels was kicked in the dick. Like you saw a ghost Shawn just like leave him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the power of Jericho. you got to yeah, love it. Another um, thing I love about this, in Shawn Michaels' entrance, because he's had such a long entrance, he's been shooting the glitter cannons, there's loads of fireworks, he's going fucking mental. And, like, before the bell's even gone, he's gassed. And, like, he's bent over double, like, holding his stomach. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't even wrestled. It's been a while since he's done it. And I'm so sad they've, like, cut it out of the, the networks and that kind of stuff. But when Jericho is just on the second turnbuckle, looking at Shawn doing all of his theatrics, he's got the most bulldog grimace anger face and he just lifts the middle finger up to him. <laughs> it's, it's on the DVD, isn't it? It's, yeah. I've yeah. still got the DVD somewhere. But it's just my favourite. And then just a quick camera cut away and Jericho being like, oh, some choice actions there from Jericho. <laughs> yeah, but they were, all cool. they were all down with middle fingers back then, weren't they? Like, they didn't care. Vince McMahon yeah. would throw them up all the time. And obviously Stone Cold was an active wrestler. Exactly. That's why I never understand why it was so kind of like, quickly cut away or whatever maybe maybe um maybe Shawn michaels had certain requests with his matches being a reformed christian and everything he didn't want that stuff in maybe. his matches possibly maybe maybe okay number two i'm 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 in a rock and a hard place here hello hello so i've got a match which is like your number five where it's like people will not see it as a like classic great jericho match but i fucking adore it but like, I really want to talk about the other match, and I'm like, is that going to be Jesse's number one? Mm. Well, you, it's okay, it's all right. We're allowed to steal things. I know, but I just, I, I want to like whisper to you without the audience hearing. <laughs> hey, Jesse, is your number? One? No, I can't do it. They're, they're listening. They're right there. I'll be honest with you, Max. I, I don't even know what my number one is at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know when we get there. Do you remember when we cared about this? Do you remember when we really put in effort? Those were I've the been, days. I, I need to apologise to you and um, probably everyone listening as well because this is going to come out on a Saturday, isn't it? We're a day late. Yeah, it is. Um, and uh, that's my fault because I completely forgot that we were supposed to be recording this week. But um, I'm doing a festival this weekend with a band called Glimjack and quite frankly... I've been booked to drum for them, and I'm not a good enough drummer <laughs> for this pad. So um, I've been practicing my tits off and booking as much rehearsal space as I can, and that's why we're a day late. So I'm very sorry, everyone. Come okay. to Weymouth Folk Festival and watch me out of my depth <laughs> this weekend. I've never seen you out of your depth. You're always so cool and collected. Why is this so difficult? It's just difficult music. It's just very start-stoppy, do you know what I mean? And I haven't sort of had enough long enough with the music. And it sounds amazing when everyone... It's a six-piece band, so when everyone's, like, playing, there's a fiddle player and an accordion player, and when everyone's playing, everyone stops at the same time and then starts again. It sounds amazing. But all it needs is, like, you know, it stops, and I just go... (laughs) And it's like, what the fuck was that? And it suddenly sounds shit. So I just need to basically autistically listen to it so much until I'm sick of it, do you know what I mean? So that it's just ingrained in my head. Just picture it like it's Chris Benoit and just absorb everything you can about it. Exactly. I will. Yeah, I will. I'm going to do that. I'm going to. Um, I'm going to channel Chris Benoit and Travis Barker simultaneously. That's and, an odd um, mix. We'll be all right. Yeah, that's not going to end well. I'm sure. Yeah. No. Oh God. So, um, so when is this festival? Uh, it's tomorrow. It's Saturday. So, it's tomorrow. Um, yeah. So and you're like, I need bit, to book in as much practice as possible. Practice. Yes, that's fair enough, isn't it? And I'm doing two more with them. I'm doing um, Hitchin Folk Festival and Cambridge Folk Festival. If anyone is interested in. Not um, after this one, you're not. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I know, unless I completely butcher it tomorrow, which I will, and then they'll um, kindly um, offer me, what will they do? They'll um, wish me luck in my future endeavours. <laughs> you lucky but yeah, boy. Good times. Yeah, good times. I'll get, I'll get people to film me playing with them, as, and either it'll be really good and that'll be awesome, or I'll be, I'll be making so many mistakes, it'll take on a sort of farcical nature. I kind of, where is it? Um, Weymouth. Ooh, in West, Wessex, Weymouth. I'm tempted to come now just to see you oh, fail. Yeah. It's a free festival tomorrow, actually. Oh. Are you getting paid? Yeah, it's the only... Oh, yeah, yeah, of course I am. But, um, <laughs> Jesse it's... always gets paid. I don't, I don't do... I don't work for free. Um, yeah, um, even charity gigs. <laughs> I turn up and, like, it's like kids with cancer and stuff. I'm like, we're just going to pass a hat around. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know those, like, donation boxes. You, like, unscrew it. <laughs> yeah, shake it out it into in. your hat. <laughs> 
See you later, Timmy. This will do nicely. Have you any idea how many drum lessons I took when I was a child? Um, yeah, no, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we're getting paid. But it's a it's um, Britain's biggest free um, folk festival, they reckon. Which I mean, there's not much competition there, probably. But um, that's what they say. That's like saying we're the best top five wrestling podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're the best top five wrestling podcasts in Britain, where the hosts live in Brighton and Cheltenham. <laughs> I don't know. There's some stiff competition. There's some stiff competition. Right. Um, number two. I'm going to go for the one that's like. So this is obviously not Chris Jericho's second greatest match of his whole career. This is just a match that I personally love. So fuck off. Excuses. Excuses. God. Okay. I can just hear him now for the little Twitter DMs. <clears throat> that's what they do. They just go. <clears throat> really irritating um number two jericho versus Rey mysterio at the bash 2009 title versus mask ah is this uh this one hadn't even entered my head but this is the one with the finish no is it the one with the finish where he pulls the mask off yes it is during the 619 yeah and then like Ray's like psych i've got a one under underneath as well oh yes right, okay yeah, yeah 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 so i was thinking of the, what, the time before that when Jericho had managed to take the mask off, and that's how he rolled him up to win the title in the first place, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Yeah, nice. But but this is great. So you've got two ex-WCW cruiserweights, and obviously they were fantastic in WCW, and I feel like we need to do a Chris Jericho Best Matches Part 2 where we do a longer-form episode because there's so many matches I want to talk about. I feel yes. like we've limited ourselves here. There are and lots of just... matches. We can, we can revisit it. That's cool. We can, oh, yeah. We can do, like... we've, ne- we've, we've never done a part two, have we? But we've we never do done a part, a part two. two. We need to. We're running out of ideas. God. <laughs> but, you know, his Dean Malenko stuff and, like, Pegasus. Like, there's just so much. So much to cover. Anyway, so two former WCW. Obviously, great WCW, but uh, they've obviously grown and honed their skills now they're in WE. And they had just this great feud in 2009 over the, the Intercontinental Championship. I'm half, like, in between a burp, and it's just not coming out. Oh, dear. Alright, whoo! Go be sick. <laughs> uh, so, uh... <laughs> just deep throat the microphone. So, they had um, natural chemistry, obviously. Like, I love watching these two in the ring, and they had some great matches in WCW, but I don't think, like, anyone expected how good this, like, final match was going to be. Um, and it was just so exciting and really fun to watch. Um, and, and they just went out and proved that they could still be the most entertaining cruiserweights on the roster at a time when the cruiserweight division was kind of forgotten about, really. It wasn't really a main focus. So um, at this time, they, they mixed in you know high-flying, but they also did a lot of really, really good chain grappling as well. And I always like that mix where you've got the balance of high-flying but also grappling. Because yes. I know I know you dislike flippy shit, but I, I like my flippy shit as long as it's grounded in a bit of reality. I dislike gratuitous flippy shit. Yes, I would say such as um, we were talking about it in AEW and uh, Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers. Great match until about halfway through when the flipping just wasn't stopping, and it was like, "What are you doing? Like, if you, it's really dangerous shit you're doing, and it's amazing, and you're very talented, but you're just." Put, doing all this risk and the crowd are, they're not popping like they would if you just slowed down and just did it like five less flips in that match and the crowd would have popped so much harder for them because they're waiting for them and it's a bigger payoff do you know what I mean that, yeah because it was like that Canadian destroyer on the apron from Pentagon to Matt was just mm. I was like mm. and then immediately Nick is like doing a triple summer backflip in his pants off a diving board onto Phoenix and it was just like whoa dude but that's fine. But like, on. if that segment was in the match, but without all the flips before it, it oh, would have had didn't... so much impact. You know? What yeah, I mean? it was just so quick. The way when he did it, you just didn't have time to react to it. Yeah, exactly. It was just like, a, oh, okay, that that was good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, but this match has a perfect kind of blend of the chain wrestling and also the high flying shit because you can't have a Rey Mysterio match without some high flying shit, Jesse. No, this is true. And we've talked about you know how much I love Rey, and uh, we've talked about him at length. He's one of our favourites of all time, and I defy anyone who is a wrestling fan to have not had a phase in their like as they become a wrestling fan, where Rey Mysterio wasn't their favourite wrestler. He's been everyone's favourite wrestler at some point. Oh, God, yeah. I, I used to decorate my my school notebooks with pictures of Rey Mysterio. I remember where it well. Oh, good times. Rey Mysterio and Edge. When they became a tag team, I was in heaven. Oh, yeah, I bet. It, that was like... Um, 
I yeah, and, and again that, that was the same era as Benoit and Angle, and I always really liked Benoit and Angle, so that was quite cool for me that they became a tag team as well. Yeah, perfect timing, perfect. But uh, this match also had kind of like a kind of old school feel to it, and so I I just honestly think like I feel like this might be a match that some people might have missed. So if you have the Bash two thousand nine Jericho versus Mysterio, it's about middle of the card. And it's absolutely phenomenal. I love it so much. It, it's one of my uh, drunk. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> you double masked bitch. <laughs> Take it off. <laughs> Take it off. Oh, you like the one under there, don't you? That it's all sweaty. <laughs> we don't. I just. We don't watch wrestling like that, guys. We don't. We, we don't. <laughs> no, no, honestly. I went to um, IWL yesterday. It's a promotion in London, and I, I got to see. It was like a little got to a five alumni evening. There was OJMO, Spike Trevay, Chuck Mambo, TK. I was like, "Hello, everyone." That's nice. Was, it was nice. It was it was a really nice little show. So if you're in London, the next show's in July. Uh, so uh, yeah, go check it out. It's in um, fuck. Where was it? Don't know. It's in London. It's like twenty minutes away from my work. So come to my work. <laughs> Bethnal Green. It's in Bethnal Green. Bethnal Green. What was it? What was the promotion called? Uh, IWL International Wrestling League. Nice. Yeah. Do it. That's, that's exciting. It is. Sorry. Sidetrack there. I just that's remember okay. I went last night. Jump into my number one, and you're right. Um, there is a lot of Chris Jericho matches to um, go through, isn't there? Um, ones and I think uh, legitimately, are you up for a part two? Because we should do a part two. We should oh, do definitely. this this again, but you get the three and I get the two. How about that? I like part that. two. Yeah, I like that. All right, cool. So um, with that in mind, knowing I've got choices in the future, um, I am going to go with his Wrestle Kingdom match against mm-hmm. Kenny Omega for the um, what was it for? Anything? Or was it just a grudge match? I can't remember now. Grudge match. Good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, grudge match. Um, but it was Jericho. It was the first thing, big thing Jericho did since leaving WWE. And, God, that first um, promo um, in the months beforehand when he just appeared on the screen and challenged Kenny Omega. Such a shock. Yeah, that was, like, shocking enough. That, oh, my God, Jericho in Japan. Oh, and it was then, for the US title. I th- yeah, okay, I thought it was for something. Yeah, okay, it was, was for the um, IWGP US title. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he appears on that screen, challenges him, it's awesome. Um, and then it happens awesome, again. It was like... Well, yeah, it was like, weird. oh my God, yeah. What the surreal. fuck is happening? I feel like that was um, the kind of tipping point for, for stuff just getting weird in wrestling, where anything was possible. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, I totally agree. And then he did it again um, uh, a couple of shows later, um, but it then blacked out and Jericho was actually in the ring and beat the holy fuck out of Kenny Omega. And I really like the chemistry between Omega and Jericho because there's something about the way they um, bump into each other that sort of... It feels more real. Like, there's no... The way he Omega takes codebreakers and things like that, there's no theatrics to it. He just... He just crumples, as you should, because yeah. it's like fucking destroyed you. I love it. Like... I remember the criticism when like that first co-breaker happened, and everyone's like, "Yeah, it looks fucking shit." It looks amazing the way Kenny sells it. He kind of like f- his front of his body goes limp first, and then the back end follows. Yeah, love it's it. It's amazing. Yeah, me too. Absolutely love it. But yeah, we and we get to this match, and um, for me, I think we talked about it at the time. It was certainly my match of the night. Um, I thought Jericho Omega was absolutely amazing. Um. Jericho, is this the match where he stole the camera and then flipped off the camera? Yes. Uh, I think that's yeah, one of our cover pictures. photos. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's um, uh, Red Shoes, much like um, me drumming tomorrow. Red Shoes was um, is normally calm and collected, as you said about me, but was hopelessly out of his depth in this match. <laughs> and um, they, they used his son, Jesse. It's like, oh yeah, of course they did. He they was one of the ring Red boys. Red Shoes' son. Red yeah, Shoes Jr., Maybe that rattled him, but like there was sort of he just wasn't he wasn't quite getting rope breaks and stuff, was he? There was red shoes was just slightly off. I think he there couldn't was handle Jericho. Of, yeah, maybe that's what it was. But yeah, no it was, one can. Uh, no. Um, but yeah, it was good times. And um, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, see you next week. <laughs> But it was a good match. Uh, I thought they did an amazing job. Uh, everyone sort of was excited to see Jericho in Japan, but I don't think anyone actually expected him because of like his age and everything. 
no one really expected him to put on a great match. They were just is... happy to see him. So weird and stupid because, like, we just saw him in WE, what, like, a couple of months beforehand, and you uh-huh. know Jericho's always good, and he's yeah. always going to be good. But there's something about the rest, the quality of New Japan Pro Wrestling that there were doubts in people's minds. This is yeah. the way I perceived it anyway, correct me if I'm wrong, but it felt like people thought Jericho wouldn't be able to keep up with Japanese wrestling. Well, yeah, Kenny Omega's the, the best wrestler living today, so... Mm. It, of course there was that kind of concern but he quickly put those to doubt and maybe that's the reason for like the no disqualification match to kind of like because they always do no DQ matches when they want to kind of cover stuff and not like yes. have a full wrestling match but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just feel like they, they absolutely killed it K- Kenny nearly killed himself countless times and I, the thing I love about this version of Jericho from from this point at Wrestle Kingdom all the way through to AEW now it's just the the vicious asshole you know self entitled and he's just like so vicious in what he does at the moment and I love it. Yes, it, it's, it's a yes, lot great. easier for him in terms of like, but he can still pop out a, a line salt like it's going out of style. Yeah, it's great. It just comes naturally to him. Does it? It's like instinct. He can just like bounce off that rope at any speed and no matter what he's doing and he'll always fully rotate and he'll be fine yeah exactly but it's yeah I, I love this style of Jericho from from a wrestling standpoint with his just vicious whatever it takes to kind of win take you down it, yeah it, it, this match was more than it should have been and I think that's what makes it so great I feel like everyone's as you said expectations like okay we'll see you know what kind of happens with this but not holding out because we had like Okada and Naito coming up later and Tanahashi like there were so many great matches on this card it felt like it you know Naito um, uh, Okada as you say and it it detracted like it was so good that it made Naito Okada feel not as good do you know what I mean and it fell a little flat afterwards didn't it yeah and it could have and I reckon if Omega Jericho wasn't before that match we would have enjoyed Okada Naito more but you needed a switch. Something so good. Yeah, 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 yeah you yeah. needed to have that Tanahashi uh, J White match. Yeah, exactly. Because how good is he? Like we watched that match, uh, Tanahashi J White. This was like J White's first rub, and we were like, really don't like this kid. Not enjoying watching his match at all. He's fucking killing it. His yeah, past year has been incredible. Yeah, he's grown. There's, I, I hate his face. There's something about his face. And he looks like the bully victims that were at school when I was at school. He's got that face, which so I can't find him remotely intimidating or anything. But having said that, his actual wrestling ability is stunning. Absolutely, yeah, unbelievable. So, and I like what he's doing with Bullet Club. You know, he's bringing Bullet Club back to what it used to be. Yeah, well, he's under a lot of pressure to be like the Bullet Club leader at a time when. So many Western eyes are sort of drifting away from New Japan at the moment, I think, because of AEW. So it'll be um, it'll be interesting to see what he continues to do. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, um, this is a great match, and I really want to watch it again soon. This is one of my favorite Wrestle Kingdoms. I, I don't think there's really a bad match on this card. So yeah, I'd, I agree. No, it's yeah. great. This, we watched this one live together, didn't we? We had we did. um, breakfast wrestling, which is um, always wrestling. fun. I fell asleep during Goto and Suzuki, but you know you we've did. mentioned hate, Goto. I hate you for that. Yeah, yeah, Goto's life's joke, but Suzuki's amazing. You can never fall asleep <laughs> in his presence. No, I know. I was afraid he's going to come through the TV like in the ring. <laughs> Shave not, me. Not the wrestling ring. The the film. The ring. <laughs> but yeah, that's an excellent number one choice. Uh, I, I have some like backups that I want to mention, but we're going to do a part two of this. So I'm going to yeah, hold save off. it, baby. Hold my tongue. There's, well, there's, one, there's one match in particular which I think people will say is a huge omission that we haven't mentioned. And, and I um, think that's the one I wanted to talk two. about. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, so that'll be in part two. So don't fret, everyone. Just calm down, guys! We're not done with Chris Jericho yet. There's, uh, However long he's been doing this for, we've got a lot of ground to cover. So this, this warrants a part two for us to go into some of his other amazing matches. Jericho but, is um, the next Ric Flair, isn't he? Oh, God, yeah. Like this whole sort of, like he's he's a boozer, he's a rock star, and like he's actually living that. It's more than a gimmick, right? Much like Ric Flair would live his gimmick, like with the drinking and the um, styling and profiling and stuff. 
and he's still an amazing wrestler and you know in his 50s whatever Jericho is now continues to be an amazing wrestler and will be um, doesn't seem to want to retire anytime soon will probably have to be forced to retire he's definitely Ric Flair 2.0 but he's one of those guys that like I, I failed to remember a time when he was like seriously injured and out for a long period of time Jericho yeah yeah he doesn't get injured does he he's taken time off knock on wood like, yeah 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 there we go. Um, he's taken time off um, for various reasons, like his own like mental health reasons. Um, but uh, yeah, never. You're right. I can't think of any um, any times when he's been off with injury. No. So I... he broke his wrist in his very early days. Um, uh, I th- I can't remember what doing what a moonsault or something. But this was in his very early days when like he needed to be booked to feed himself. Do you know what I mean? And um, yeah, broke his wrist. So maybe it was that experience that's just turned made him like super duper careful I don't know yeah yeah just make yourself really really safe because you don't want to do that again that's for sure mm. so yeah um, he's had a great career and it's just it's just getting started again no person in professional wrestling has reinvented themselves more times than Chris Jericho well, and done it, it successively again 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 <laughs> really yeah, no. <laughs> again uh, yeah Jericho has reinvented himself loads of times it's never been a dud every single reinvention has got over and it's incredible yeah so uh i'm excited to see what he does in aew as he said on the moxley podcast he's kind of like leading because they're doing like live tv and stuff and that's a, a point he brought up which i found really interesting that like omega was kind of nervous that they're doing because he's never done weekly television before and i was like yeah. oh yeah a lot of them haven't yeah it's yeah and the sort of like wrestling to a time limit's one thing, but sort of promoing and backstage segments and all this stuff and keeping it tight, um, you know, within your however long the show is window must be um, really sort of difficult when you when you're not used to it. Yeah, and adjusting your style because as we mentioned with like the young bucks flipping all out the place and Kenny running his knees into anything that moves, you know, that's great when you do it, you know, once every two months on a big big show, but doing that on a weekly basis. You're going to die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm interested to see how it all kind of plays out, but it's going to be good. Um, I enjoyed that little walk down memory lane with you. I'm excited for part two. Me too. It's going to be good times. So there'll be no quiz on the next one, because obviously I'll take the three and Jesse can have the two. But thank you for joining us on this lovely ride. I've, I've already plugged the, the monkey banana, but also go and get a Calling Spots magazine. If you're interested in reading and you like learning about wrestling, there's a great AEW cover in there from um, Harry Wrestling Fan who writes great articles. Go and buy a copy. Yes, a copy. Spots. I'm I'm (laughs) going to submit an article to them soon, I think. Um, They've obviously got no no reason to publish it if they don't want to, but I'm um, I'm going to try and get in there and I will let you know if I'm a success. Is this your dysmorphia piece? It might be, I'd, but then I sort of want to save that for our website as well, so I might write something different for Calling Spots. I don't know, we'll see, we'll see. I'm you can recycle I'm... your Dean Ambrose article. Not your Dean Ambrose, your Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's relevant again now, because he's um, a producer for AEW, isn't he? Bridging uh, Suplex. He'll never be in a WWE game now. Um, he could be in an AEW game. Oh man, that would be awesome. Imagine an AEW game. Uh, what would we... Um, yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Uh, lovely. Well, thank you for joining us uh, for another exciting episode of Gut Tale 5. Hope you enjoyed it. Go check out the previous episodes. If this is your first time here, welcome. You're always Hello. welcome. Thanks. Please subscribe so you can check out the other episodes and listen to the old ones. Go to our website, which is what, Jesse Benz? GodTale5.com. No, it's Josh Matthews is a twink.com. Josh Matthews is a twink.net. <laughs> <laughs> .org it's government sponsored <laughs> we'll be back in two weeks time that stands for no enemy today I <laughs> <laughs> oh, just completely killed my role done okay I'm <laughs> sorry what Woo! was you saying I don't know mate I think I was just saying goodbye so goodbye everyone have a lovely two weeks we'll see you soon peace and love to all bye love you bye thanks <laughs> bye